Hey, if you're joining with us today, we have a very, very special guest going to be bringing the message today. Uh, stay tuned to hear this because you will not want to miss this. Uh, this is my favorite person in all of this world, and he is actually going to be, he and his family are actually going to be our very first kingdom partners uh, with Midtown Community Church. This man has recently left pastoring in a town nearby and is starting a ministry in downtown Knoxville. I know that I know that you've heard this a couple weeks ago. We took up an offering uh, during the Christmas season. We took up over four thousand dollars that week, and we ended up giving it away. This man is help, helping to steward that money in the downtown Knoxville area. And uh, before he shares, I want to give you a little bit of an update. We got a little video that we want you to see and see the update for what you gave and what God is doing in our city. Check it out. And after the video, stay tuned because. Uh, my man Andrew is going to be with you, blessing you with the message today. I started working here almost three years ago, and in those three years, there's been no real community support. You know, we've had the Good Times truck, but that's since stopped because of COVID. But, um, you know, we need you guys here to give a lot of these guys some more guidance um, in everyday life with how to handle things and hopefully show them a better way to get out of the community to make themselves grow. Um, we haven't had that in here in quite some time, so that, that's why I would like for these, you, know, you and your wife to come in and just help everyone out. What are some of the things we're seeing in the community, Ray? A lot of drugs. A lot of drugs. Out of 140 apartments, how many of those apartments would you say currently have drugs involved? At least half. And it's 90% single mothers? Except one marriage. One marriage out of 140 units. All and one couple married. How many people are selling drugs here? 10 to 20. 10 to 20 people selling it, half the people using drugs. And so that's why you're saying we need to be here and have that's a presence in the community. Okay. Anything else you'd like to add, Ray? I just need help. We're coming to help you, brother. Roberta Perez, she has uh, several dish soap, deodorant, hat, glove, socks, pads, body wash. On the side, she has size six clothes for her kids and uh, pants. Jaquan needs, wants a bike. I'm going to see if I can get that for you. All right, we're going to do a bike. Okay. But uh, yeah, we're going to take care of Miss Perez. Hey, man. Come on now, Miss E. I got her the Tanya Bird, and she made dish soap, yogurt, wipes, diapers, packets, gloves, socks, clothes. Yeah, she just got to, she got three kids, mm -hmm. Raymond, and Joshua, and Kaysha, mm -hmm. they seven, six, and then, and they, they need clothes, shoes. I'm going to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I got one more thing that I neglected to say. All right. Roberta also wants a Bible. Woo! <laughs> Wait, hold that up, brother. Wait, hold that up. Hold that up. What did it say? Read it, read it, Aaron. What you Roberta wrote? says, I want a Bible with big letters so I can read the word. Hallelujah! Woo! Come on, y'all. I didn't mean to do it. No, no, no. That ain't, that ain't interrupting now. Come on now. Walk in, bless family. May your name be blessed. We don't do it for our name, we do it for your name. Amen. We don't do it for our glory, we do it for your glory.
you so much. Uh, trash can means a lot. Needed it. All this stuff means so much. Thank you for making our Christmas better this year. God bless you and thank you for everything again. We need everything. It was a, uh, a blessing to everything. Merry Christmas. We wish, we wish y'all Merry Christmas. Alright, so we really greatly appreciate all the stuff that we got, um, especially with not being able to work as much hours with the whole COVID thing. So we're kind of struggling on everything. So we really greatly appreciate all the stuff. I'm Victoria and I just want to tell everyone thank you that contributed to um, donating for us. I'm a single mother of three and this helps a long way, so I appreciate it for me and my kids. You have a blessed holiday. Thank you. Well, I thank you for the Christmas for me and my children. The Bible, my Bible got so little, my eyesight's not so good no more. And uh, it's like blurry. And I asked for a big letter Bible so I could see the Bible. the Lord on tonight as today is the last day of my brother being in the game we flushed all of this down in Jesus name who the sun sets free is free indeed and we say thank you Lord in Jesus name Amen Put your hands together, everybody. Thank you, Midtown. We love y'all. Midtown family, what an absolute joy and privilege it is to be able to open up God's word with you on today. My name is Andrew Sakwe. For some of you I have not yet met, and my wife, family, and children has the privilege of being a part of a brand new movement, literally 20 minutes from where you're regularly meeting at North Star, called The Church at Ridgebrook. When my wife saw the first half of the video that you just looked at, hearing of a community with 50% of the residents on drugs, 10 to 20 people living in the community selling drugs, and out of 140 apartment units, 95% single moms and one marriage, 200 children, with no support in three years. They dropped a key in our lap just when we were visiting, saying, since no one else cares, here's a key to our community center. And because of your giving, you are those who help carry the kingdom forward. As you saw in this video, literally, a lady cries as she clutches her Bible. A young man comes out of selling drugs as he flushes it down the toilet. These are the things that you are a part of. And I stand here before you today, having left the pulpit literally last Sunday on January 10th, we stepped away from 100% of our salary to literally $0 in order to be a part of the kingdom movement that God is doing to raise our support. My wife cried and said, Andrew, where else shall we go? How can we not and we have the joy and privilege to call you our partner in ministry. And we can't say thank you enough. We believe the best is yet to come. As for your pastor, who spoke so strongly about me, my statement for Jay Smith is simple. If we simply were carried by the same mother, we wouldn't be any closer than we are today. 
that is genuinely my brother from another mother. Out of everybody in the city of Knoxville, the only people I pray with more than him is the people who live under my roof. I say all that to say that you have a man of prayer, a man of God, a man of love, and a man that I'm blessed to lay down my life for, Jay Smith. Thank you, TC and Jen. I love your team. I love your leadership. I love what you're all about. I can't wait to hug each and every one of y'all very soon. But with that said, we're going to dive into the Word of God and see exactly what he has in store today. So before we start again, thank you, thank you, thank you for your love and support. You are literally the catalyst for transformation in our city. Let's get started in the Word of God. We're going to turn to Acts chapter 12. We're going to start at the first verse, and we're going to experience together what God has in store for us. The title of this message is going to be very unique. Since we are in a season of what many call quarantine, and some of us aren't able to get out the house because we may be, quote unquote, high risk. And when I was at my former church and a lady who had coronavirus, she said something when I asked the question, what have you learned? What has corona taught you? And we were going person after person because I was calling members that had it. And her statement is literally the title of our message today. She said, Pastor, what I learned is these words. You don't have to be in the building to do it. So the title of today's message is very simple. You don't have to be in the building to do it. Now, yes, we gather. I love the church. I'm a church dude. We're a church right next door. But what I'm ultimately letting you know is that the church has no magical power. The church will always be the people of God gathering in the name of God, praying in the same name of God, being one heart, one love, one mind, one spirit, and that's wherever he puts us. So anywhere he sends us, that's where we are, the body of Christ. We're just blessed to prepare for heaven when we gather physically, but I just come to encourage you today, Midtown family, you don't have to be in the building to do it. Let's start at verse 1 and see what God has in store for us. Acts chapter 12, starting at verse 1. Hear now the word of the Lord. About that time, Herod the king laid violent hands on some who belonged to the church. Quick sermonic pause here. This Herod is definitely a lineage of Herod's. His grandfather, you might be able to remember him. He's the one who told the wise men basically that, hey, guys, can you also tell me where Jesus is so I can go and worship him? So he's that guy who wanted to almost construct a murder just so no one won't take his position, killed every baby boy under two years in age. And now he has a grandson following in his footsteps. Even though this isn't part of the notes, I would want to ask the question today, how are you living? If your generation was to replicate what you are doing right now, how would that work out for their lives? Because what we might consider doing in moderation, the next generation always does in excess. So now here it is, we see the grandson of the man who literally was responsible for taking the lives of many people because he was so married to his position. He was so married to power that he did not understand that power had entered the world, that there was a greater power than his that could have set him free, but rather he sought to take his life. 
His grandson now lays violent hands on those who belong to the church. Verse 2 says, he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And watch this next part. Please highlight it. And when he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded to arrest Peter also. This was during the days of unleavened bread. I just want to pause for 2021 and put an encouragement in your lap this morning, whether you're meeting in life group or watching this by yourself. Can you commit something with me in 2021 that we will not live a life to please people? Right here in the text, the only reason Peter is arrested by this man is not because Peter did anything wrong. He saw that his constituency was excited about those who follow Christ being put to the sword. And since he saw that it made his fan base happy, he arrested an innocent man. Don't you know that the world of people pleasing is a bottomless pit? And no matter how far you dig it, it never has an end. You can never please people. That's why God came to please us by the power of his blood. So that we never have to prove ourselves. We never have to try to be accepted by man. You're already accepted by God because what he did on the cross, what he did when he rose from the dead was more than enough, baby. Don't settle for people pleasing this year. You have a God whose atoning blood has already pleased the wrath of the Father. There's more to you this year. So we'll never go down the road of people pleasing. Because as we can see in Herod's life, it caused for innocent people to lose their lives. Now let's keep the party going. Verse 4, when he had seized him, Peter, he put him in prison. Listen to it. Delivering him over to four squads of soldiers to guard him, intending after the Passover to bring him out to the people. Ooh-wee, y'all missed it. So y'all read too fast. Stay with me. Most people who were arrested in biblical times were only arrested and chained to one soldier. Herod decides that he's not going to just chain Peter to one soldier, but he's going to pull out four squads of soldiers. That's a total of 16 soldiers. What this means is he puts maximum security on him, chains him to not one but two guards, and makes sure he has the other two standing outside in case anything comes their way. This is significant. Here's why. Please get up and dance right now. I don't know where you're watching, but I hope I can help you do the happy dance. I have the people who's watching this recording dancing for you right now, so stay with me. Why did Peter feel a need, not sorry, Herod feel the need to have this many soldiers around just a preacher? Peter's just a preacher. Why did it require this kind of maximum security. Here's why. I think Herod knew the Bible. And if you rewind Acts chapter 5, it was a prison break there too. It was when suddenly the power of God comes, the prison starts shaking, brothers are set free. Herod said, not on my watch. I'm terrified of him 
So let me maximize security around him. And if I could give you a revelation this morning is this. Errors of the world, the demons tremble at the name of Jesus. Greater is he that is in you than he who what? Greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. The enemy knows who lives in you, so you never have a reason to live in fear. You never have a reason to live in worry. You never have a reason to live in anxiety because the one who lives in you is greater and the enemy is terrified and trembles at the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I hope you're doing a happy dance. So, yeah, they'll put four squads around you. Yes, you'll go through attack after attack. Yes, you'll face difficulties. But that's when you count it all joy because blessed are you when you're persecuted. Blessed are you when you're insulted. Blessed are you when you're lied on because of me. Rejoice. And be glad, for great is your reward in heaven. Don't let anyone tell you any other way. No reason to fear. Herod's afraid. No reason to fear. Your enemy is trembling. No reason to duck, dodge, and worry, because the one who lives in you is greater, and the enemy knows it. I hope you're shouting right now. We almost there. We almost there. You don't have to be in the building to do it. So let's get to verse five. I hope y'all didn't cheat because verse five is where it gets exciting. Verse five is when the party gets started. I hope you're still with me now. All right. Put your hands together if you're in live group. I'm, I'm recording. I'm seeing you through the video. Put your hands together in the live group. Greater is he. Let's keep the party going. Watch this. Peter's arrested. Four squads of soldiers. 24 hours a day, seven days a week, working around the clock. Verse 5 happens. Peter's not at church. He's in prison. It says, so Peter was kept in prison, but earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. Earnest prayer for him was made to God by the church. All right, I know we danced once, but we have to have one more dance in us. This passage is so powerful because you are in five verses at this point, and there's a direct contest. The contest is simple. It's Herod, 16 soldiers, an iron gate, shackles against some people in a house making earnest prayer. Let's say it one more time. It's Herod, 16 soldiers, chains, an iron gate against some little bitty people praying in the house. And so this is the contest that is now set up. They weren't in a building. They were in a house. I'm only good for one Greek word of sermon, so I got to give you this one because I pray it blesses you greatly. The word earnest, where it says earnest prayer was made. Listen to the definition of earnest. It will be on the screen. Constant prayer was offered to God for him. The word earnest or constant also means literally stretching out all they can for something. It comes from the verb ethnos, is related to ethnies. Watch it, a medical term describing the stretching of a muscle to its limits. All right, we good for one more joy, right? We're good for one more dance, right? Stay with me on this. In this time in the church's life, 
where it looks like the enemy had won, James was the first of the 12 apostles to be martyred for the faith. Now the second of the 12 apostles is being arrested. It appears Herod is winning. It appears they have every reason to quit. But what the word earnest teaches us today is while Peter is arrested, God is stretching the church to its limits. So what we're seeing happening in the world right now is not to make us discouraged. It's not because Christ is not with us. He's just stretching us, ladies and gentlemen. So you're wondering why it seems my family member hasn't got saved. You're wondering why it seems that all chaos is breaking loose and things don't seem to be changing. It appears to be getting worse and worse. Look at your neighbor and say, I'm just stretching. That's the freedom in Christ. God is stretching his church to start talking to him again, not just to rely on preaching, not just to rely on singing, not just to rely on books and podcasts. There's some victories that only can win when we stretch in the power of prayer. There's some things we've tried to fight on our own. There's some things we've tried to fight with intellect. What the church is getting ready to learn today is that even when someone is in prison and even though you may feel behind bars and even when it seems like you're surrounded by the enemy, all it requires us to do is stretch because who the sun sets free is free indeed. Look at your neighbor. You could tell him, I'm just stretching. I get that right now. These are challenging times. I get people have stormed Washington. Did you keep your eyes on the TV the whole time? Or did you grab your hand by the hand and say, family, let's stretch? Oh, yeah. Do you want to leave that relationship because it's hard? This isn't in the nose. Or you consider, I just don't want to be in this marriage anymore. I just don't want to talk to my parents again. I'm done with my siblings. I'm done with that relationship. Maybe some relationships we are called to walk away from. But if there's relationships rooted in unforgiveness and bitterness, I'm looking at you today and encouraging you in something that is nowhere near my notes. Stretch in 2021. His word is clear. How can you say you love me who you have not seen? If you don't first love those who you have seen. These people knew Peter was surrounded by the enemies. These people knew that this situation was one that they didn't have the physical grit, the physical might, the physical power to contend against. These were soldiers. This was a gate. They couldn't even make it over the gate. But when it looks like we can't make it over, what if God is saying right now, church, what if he's saying in 2021 for 21 days of prayer and fasting, what if he's saying in midtown, I'm calling you to stretch. I don't know what that looks like for you. I don't know where God is going to stretch you to, but I am telling you right now that this competition is simple. Will Herod win? Will the wicked ruler win? Will we spend our time focusing on those in a government when the government rests on Christ's shoulders? What if God is saying, I never called you to look to Washington. What if he's called us to look through Washington to see the one who has the light? to go to the one who has the power. Why? Because we're called to intercede for those in leadership among us. Won't you join us in stretching this year? Don't look to it. Look through it. And so now these believers are not in the building. You don't have to be in the building to do it. They are literally sitting in a home while Herod is ruling from his kingdom. And while Peter is locked down in jail, 
And the believers have learned that we're just called to stretch. I'm going to speed it along. Now, I think Jay says he traditionally does 25 to 30. I'm going to try to be monitored. I'm not sure where I am, but we'll get there. Stay with me. We're just about there. The contest has begun. Let's see what happens next. Verse 6. Now, when Herod was about to bring him out, on that very night, Peter, love it, listen, was sleeping between two soldiers. Bound, not one, two chains and centuries before the door were guarding the prison. This is what you call lockdown. I have to say to you, we're going to keep reading. How can Peter sleep when he's getting ready to be executed? What if I told you the God of Joshua 21 is still the God who is in our lives? In the book of Joshua, he says, I will give you rest on every side. Just know that the one you are stretching to can give you rest on every side. The next verse says, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. I don't want to stop at every verse, but can I remind you, it's utter darkness. It's dark because he's surrounded by four soldiers. It's dark because there's an iron gate. It's dark because he's in shackles. It's darkness all around and a king preparing to execute him. But how many people know that as long as you have Christ, that we have the light? And it all started because people decided to stretch. I'm not going to jump too early. But I will tell you, verse 8 says this. Wake up, Peter. And angel said to him, dress yourself. And as he tells him that, if you go up, it says, and behold, an angel of the Lord stood next to him and a light shone in the cell. He struck Peter on the side and woke him saying, get up quickly, watch it. And the chains fell off his hands. That's the ministry. That's what we're stretching for. That's what these 21 days are for. If it's not about souls, it's not about much. The only way the chains falls off is when the church decides to stretch. This is the call we have as believers, not to get distracted by the talking heads around us, not to look at every post and every tweet and every TikTok. But it comes a time now what if all chaos is breaking loose just so the church can stretch? You want to see chains fall off your situation? Start stretching. You want to see chains fall off of your family? Start stretching. You want to see people arise out of their slumber who are trapped in darkness? Start stretching. You may be watching this right now and it's darker than it's ever been before, but God has a light. He's shining today in your cell. Because what if I told you somebody stretched for you so you can stretch for others? You have the power to transform and to change and to mediate a situation, but it all starts with you stretching, and you don't have to be in a building to do it. So now the party goes on. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. We're going to run it. Now get dressed, Peter. Throw on your sandals, according to verse 8, and he did so. And he said to him, now wrap up in the cloak and follow me. Watch it. And he went out and followed him. He did not know what was being done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. Just a sermonic pause and say, has God ever done something in your life 
where it didn't even seem real? Have you had that encounter with Jesus where you just was wondering if you were dreaming? God is just that good. I'm sorry. Keep it going. That's not a major note, but just want to talk about how good God is. And when Peter came to himself, he said, now I am sure that the Lord has sent his angel and rescued me from the hand of Herod and from all that the Jewish people were expecting. Again, you have a man in leadership who did not know God. You have a man in leadership of this country who is executing innocent people. And Peter is saying, I've been rescued, not because of what I have done, but he's getting ready to show us he was rescued because what God had done through a handful of people in the house who was willing to stretch. We're on a rescue mission, ladies and gentlemen. The Bible goes on to say, as we come to home plate, when he realized this, he went to the house of Mary, the mother of John. Look at it whose other name was Mark, where many were gathered together praying. And when he knocked at the door of the gateway, a servant girl named Rhoda came to answer, recognizing Peter's voice in her joy. She did not open the gate, but ran in and reported that Peter was standing at the gate. They said, girl, you are out of your mind. But she kept insisting that it was so. And they kept saying, it's an angel. It can't be Peter. This can't be real. But Peter knocking. Hey, hey, hey. I'm really out here. And when they opened, they saw him and were amazed. Last two verses. But motioning to them with his hand to be silent. He described to them how the Lord had brought him out of prison. And he said, tell these things to James, to the brothers, highlight it. Then he departed and went to another place. Before I get back on the screen, I want you to see verse 10 again. When they had passed the first and second guard, they came to the iron gate. Everyone say iron gate leading into the city. It opened for them on its own accord. And they went out and went along one street. And immediately the angel left him couple of thoughts. I'm standing here with some holy sweat. Thankful to have had this opportunity to share a message with you. I don't know if I'm over time or not, but I hope I got three more minutes because y'all got to get this. I'm in good shape. I'm getting some thumbs up, so I might go another 10, so y'all might get some more. But here it is. The name of the day's message is you don't have to be in the building to do it. Peter is released from prison. The angel pokes him in the side, and he says, quick, get up. Peter gets up. The Bible says he walks past the soldiers. However that miracle was done, you have to discuss it in your small groups. Then they get past the soldiers. Then the next obstacle in front of them is the iron gate. This gate cannot be opened by any individual or two individuals. This is a gate to be said required multiples of people just to pry that thing open. So as Peter is walking to the gate, at this moment he could be thinking to himself, what have we done? We're going to speed up my execution. And all of a sudden the Bible says as Peter walks toward his barrier, as he walks 
toward his obstacle as he walks toward this tall thing standing before him after he's been set free from jail, you suddenly see this gate automatically open. This word in the Greek for the gate automatically open is a word we get automate from, which means this was the first automatic gate opener, ladies and gentlemen. So what you're reading in the Bible today is that, yes, some of us have been set free. Some of us have a relationship with Jesus, but we look at the gate and we stop in our tracks. What if God is saying, don't stand still when you see your gates, if you just keep walking by faith and not by sight? If you remember, without faith, it's impossible to please God. He's calling you to walk towards the barriers that has currently held you back from so long and says, I've already opened them. And the closer you get, the more I automatically open them for you. After the gate is open, the angel leaves him. And suddenly he has to decide, where do I go next? Here's what I want to point out to you. Notice the angel did not stay with Peter the entire time he left the prison. The angel is a messenger of God, did what the angel was sent to do, and left. Here's what I want to say to you. There's been seasons you had powerful visions. There have been seasons you heard from God so clearly, and some of you feel like you're in a season where God is not speaking to me like he used to. God is not showing me what he used to. What if I told you that season that God specifically speaks to you one way, that doesn't mean he's not going to speak to you again another way. And if you're not hearing from him, Peter already had the tools. He knew exactly where he needed to go to. It wasn't time to go home. It wasn't time to do hobbies. It wasn't even time to take a shower. It was time to go to the house of prayer. So know that God has not left you just because things aren't going the way you had them go before, he's still right there with you. Now back to our regularly scheduled sermon. Peter arrives at the house of prayer. The people don't even believe it's him. Beautiful Rhoda opens the door. He's trying to tell them. they like, look, that lets you know something. They had a whole lot of faith to pray, but it shows that you don't have to have a whole lot of faith to become part of the house of prayer. It just takes you taking one step forward and opening your mouth and lifting up the name of Jesus. So now these people who are incredibly shocked at what God has done finally lets Peter in. He motions, and here's what it says. He tells them about everything that happened. Can y'all imagine what Peter is saying at this point? I can't preach like Peter. He preached and 3,000 people were saved, but I'm ending today's message with trying to tell y'all what I think Peter said. Y'all, all I know is James had just got killed, and I was arrested because of a people pleaser. He already set in stone the day that I was going to be executed. So according to everyone, I was getting ready to be next right after James. But I thank God because y'all never stopped stretching. And since y'all decided to keep stretching when times were hard, since you kept stretching when times were dark, since you didn't believe the report of the news, you didn't believe the report of social media, you kept stretching in spite of all hell that was breaking loose. And because you kept stretching, I was able to get a good night's sleep. <laughs> my, my microphone falling. It's all good. I was able to get a good night's sleep because you never stopped stretching for me. Mama, keep stretching. Daddy, keep stretching. Brother, keep stretching. Sister, keep stretching. Spouses, keep stretching because you will be surprised how you're conquering the enemy even when you're not in the same room to see it. 
Peter said, y'all kept stretching, so I kept sleeping. And the only time I woke up is when the angel came in and poked me on the side. Quick, get up, he told me. I got up, and I didn't even know it was real, so I just said, hey, it's a dream anyway. And I arose, and the chains fell off. And Peter might have told him, y'all keep stretching. Because if you want to see chains come off in 2021, you just keep stretching. You just keep praying. You just keep fasting because you're after chains falling off. My chains came off, and I don't know if they disintegrated. I don't know if they disappeared. I don't know what. They just came off. I don't know if they're going to be soft music playing in the background, but it feels good. And y'all, I begin to walk past one guard. Then I walk past the second guard. And lo and behold, we made it outside. It could have been over because there was a gate that was right there before me. Sometimes in life, it feels like every time I take one step forward, it feels like I take two steps back. It's like even in my school, it feels like I got it paid for and then it's backwards. And I thought I was going to walk across the stage. I thought things were going to be different this time. And I gave other people a chance. And now I've just closed down. There's just this barrier that I just can't seem to shake. There's this tall gate around me that every time I look at it, I end up going back in the cell that I was delivered from because I don't see anywhere past this gate. But God told me if I keep walking, the angel told me if I keep stepping, the angel said if I would just face head on by faith, the barrier that's before me, that I am set free to not let a barrier stop me from experiencing freedom. I am set free. So there's no barrier that I can't move by faith. If I just have faith the size of a mustard seed, I can tell a mountain to be hurled into the sea. Surely there's no barrier for me. And it's all because y'all kept stretching. And so where else where I was going to go? The angel left. but The only place there was for me to come was to the house of prayer. I just came back to say thank you. Don't stop stretching from here. I'm just one of many who needs to experience change falling off. There's many more I need you to keep stretching for. It's not as dark as it seems because the angels still find a way to shine light in the middle of the darkest situations. Keep stretching. Keep stretching. Keep stretching. Peter dropped the mic. All right, peace, y'all. <laughs> I got I to gotta head on out. I, I, I appreciate this. This has been good. But now I got to keep spreading the gospel other places. I know most of y'all watching this are believers. But I'm just telling you that there's no iron gate that God isn't ready to move for you if you just walk toward it. No more going back to the cell. Why are you going back? And you know what he said to him? I can see him now. By the way, the gate back there. Chains are back there. Guards are back there. I'm just telling you everything that held you back is behind you. The gate that's in front of you is so you can show others how to be set free. Walk towards the gate. And the last sentence of the message is simple. Because you don't have to be in the building to do it. I love you. Let's stretch 
And if we can help you on this journey, message us directly. You will see a link come up at the bottom. If you need to take a next steps to have a relationship with Jesus to start the stretching process, we want to hear from you. If you need help dealing with your barriers, we are a family first, and we want to do all we can to help you overcome every barrier. Will you message us here at Midtown? We want to stretch with you because there's work we are being called to do in this season, and the best is yet to come only as we stretch. I love you. I'm gone. I can stay with y'all the rest of the day. I cannot wait to see each of you soon. May God bless you. Stretch on.